if you have your Bibles with you, um, if you turn to the book of Hosea, <coughs> it's the first of the minor prophets. If you get Ezekiel, Daniel, and then Hosea. And Hosea, um, chapter 10. Chapter 10 and verse 12. <clears throat> Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. And we trust the Lord bless this portion of his precious truth. Well, if we were to prayer, <clears throat> dear Lord, we abide before thee. We're here tonight, and Lord, again, Lord, we, we look to thee, Lord, for help. God will look to thee for anointing this night, Lord. And God will cry, Lord, God, we think of this revival prayer meeting here tonight. God, that you'll come down amongst us. God, that you'll touch our hearts. Oh, God, that you'll revive us once again. Pour out thy spirit amongst us. God, how we need thee, Lord, in these days. So, Lord, we just commit this meeting before thee in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> We've been, um, we're seeking to keep going on on this series, The Road to Revival. And this is uh, The Road to Revival, Part 3. <clears throat> We looked at the last the last couple of weeks at uh, that verse and Acts chapter six and verse four that they give themselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And I want to continue to keep that as my text. They prayed continually. Now, you know, it wasn't a sort of a part-time employment. It wasn't a sort of a half-time job. But in, in that verse, in chapter 6 and verse 4, they give themselves continually. And I believe in this day and age, if we are going to see revival, if we are going to see God's Spirit poured out, we're going to have to give ourselves to prayer. Continually. Not just a part-time job. Not just a half-time employment. But we need, to, we need to give ourselves. We need to give ourselves to prayer. You know George Muller? <clears throat> they say about George Muller that he turned his Bible into his prayer meeting. He claimed the promises of God and his Bible from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, right to, to Revelation, chapter 22. This man, he, he, turned, he turned the Bible into his prayer meeting and claiming the promises of God. And we're here, and you know, God hasn't changed. And you know, we need to claim the promises of God. First of all, we're going to look at this man, Hosea. <clears throat> this man, Hosea, we 
Whenever you read through this book of Hosea, he was a man and he had a love for the people. He had a vision and he had a burden. He had a burden to see these people wonderfully and gloriously saved. He had a burden to see them turn from the wicked ways. These people in Hosea's day that sunk deep in sin, we can read all about it, especially in chapter 4 of Hosea, the depths of sin that these people went into. I know Hosea grew up among these people. And commentators say that he was the, the zero R prophet. Some people look upon Hosea as the prophet with a broken heart. He had a broken heart for, for these people. He longed to see them saved. He longed to see them turn from their wicked ways. But you know, Hosea had a message from God. And it was a hard message to deliver. Because, you know, the people didn't want to listen. The people had turned their back on God. And you know, we're seeing that verse that we read here tonight. It's, it's time to seek the Lord. And you know, Hosea was seeking to preach that message to the people. It's time to seek the Lord. There's a pathway of blessing. It says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We're looking at that word last week, behold. That word behold, in most places in Scripture, it, it speaks of a stop sign. And that stop sign means that, you know, you have to stop and you, you have to think about the words after this word, behold. And it says here, behold now, you know, you have to think about this. It's a stop sign. Behold now is the accepted time. Behold now is the day of salvation. I believe as, as Hosea was, was preaching, you know, he was, he, was, he was quoting verses like this and he was telling them it's time. It's time to repent. It's time, it's time to get things right. Judgment is coming. There's a pathway to blessing. Hosea, he was seeking to blow the trumpet and to sound the alarm. Night, night's coming when no man can work. The only hope for this world is Jesus. The only hope is, is for the word of God to be preached and, the, and the, for the Lord to send the light into people's hearts that the light of the glorious gospel would shine into hearts and lives and that they were wonderfully and gloriously saved. The most important thing anyone can do 
is to seek the, the Lord. It says here about time. It's time to seek the Lord. You know, the Bible says, redeem the time. It says in Corinthians, be time short. It says in Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, time, we're to make the right use of time. You know, we can waste time. But you know, we need to make the right use of time. You know, Moses got it right. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. If we see here, look here at, at verse 1 in chapter 10. We see here, <clears throat> um, Israel is an empty vine, and the um, as an empty vine, and he bringeth forth fruit unto himself. He was just thinking of himself. He wasn't thinking about the things of God. The house of God, it was neglected. The people, they didn't want to have any fellowship with God. Nothing to do with the true heart of fellowship with God. They wanted no fellowship with the people of God. You know, the people got careless. Not only do we see here, and verse 10, verse one, and, and verse 1. It says here, Israel is an empty vine. The people, they were born, the fields were born. The ground had become unproductive. There was no fruit. There was no harvest for God. Now, they were glorifying themselves. The heart is divided. We see that in, in, in verse 2 of chapter 10. The heart is divided. You know, divided loyalties are not loyalties at all. You can't serve two masters. The state of the heart of the people was for other things. They had a divided heart. They had a faulty heart. They had an unstable heart. But that a heart that needed to turn to God for, for his forgiveness. They believed that they didn't need God anymore. Their hearts became dry, hard, and useless for God. But we see here in the verse that we read, in 
chapter 10, verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. You know, it's he's bringing out here about, you know, the ground has become unproductive. And you know, whenever you're, I'm a farmer, and you know, whenever a field gets to the stage that it isn't very productive, you come out with a plough. And you know, a plough is a very cruel machine whenever it comes to the field. Because you come in with a plough, and the plough literally cuts all the sods, everything right, and covers the... When you get the field ploughed, all the grass that has grew for so many years and everything, it's all buried. It, it's, 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 it has just suffered, as it were, death and a funeral. And you know the ground is turned up. The soil is in the top. But whenever you plant, general rule, it's, it's usually hard. But, you know, you have to leave the plied field for a few days for the elements of the weather, that it gets the rain, that it gets the sun. And when it gets a few days, it starts to sort of break up. And then you come in, in this modern day and age, you come in with a pahara. Well, a pahara, is a, there's, a, there's a number of things that's in below the pahara, and they're about that length. And they go around in circles. And they go around in a, a sort of a circle a, th a thousand times a minute. So whenever the ground's dry, and the field's maybe got a week or so to dry out, and these things... You go into the field with my power, and these things go round at such a speed. The uh, the ground it doesn't belong getting broke up. As it says here, break up your fallow ground. You know the ground is broken up, and then behind behind the uh, the power, just at the right of the very back of the power, there's a great big heavy roller. And this big heavy roller, like it's over a ton weight. And whenever these blades has done all the work and spun round, then the roller is behind and it compacts the soil right down hard. That is ready for a seed bed. That is ready for the seed. You know we read and Matthew's Gospel, about the um, chapter 13, about the parable about the seed. And there were some seeds sowed, and it fell in stony places, and the birds came. And then there were some seed fell among thorns. But you know, there was nothing wrong with the seed. The seed was perfect. 
It was the ground. It was the ground. You know, the ground needs to be right. The ground needs to be 100% if you're going to get a hundredfold. Break up your fallow ground. You know, whenever you're planning a field and getting it sowed, you know, it's real work. It's hard work. It's constant work. It's costly work. But, you know, it's a rewarding work. There's a yielding work because there's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a great harvest. Break up your fallow ground. This is the question. And ask myself this question too. Is there need in your heart for the plough? Are there parts in your heart that are unfruitful? It says in this verse, it says in verse 12, break up, and then it says your, break up your fallow ground. This is speaking of your heart. Break up your fallow ground. As there is in your heart that's unfruitful, as there is that's not bringing, you know, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. As there is that is not fruitful unto the Lord. The question is, are you willing to call in the plough today and break up your fallow, fallow ground of your heart? We see here also in this, in this verse, chapter 12, it is time to seek the Lord. And then the last wee bit says, till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You know, that's the road to revival. If you turn over with me to uh, uh, First Kings chapter 18, And verse 44, 1 Kings 18 and verse 44. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. You know, Elijah sent his servant 
tell an, an ungodly king to tell him to get down. And it says here, get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. You know what? Elijah was saying to Ahab, he says, if you don't get down fast, he says, you're going to have to swim for it. You're going to have to swim for it. And you know, we are looking for that abundance of rain. We are looking for that, that river of God to flow across this land once again. Do you know there's one last thought? We're looking at these people and had a divided heart. The divided loyalties. But you know, whenever we think of Christ, whenever he was here upon earth, you know, he hadn't a divided heart. But he, he went the whole road to Calvary. He went the whole road to Calvary for you and for me. And you know, he had that great love for you and for me. It, each one of us in his mind when he was nailed to that cruel cross called Calvary. And we worship a risen, glorified, exalted Savior. Do we not need to give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of God's Word? Do we not need to start today and to live for Jesus as we've never done before. You know, we've only one life to live and it'll be sin be past and it's only what's done for Jesus will last. Amen.